You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 116. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It. My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or 116th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. If you want to connect with me on social, you can follow me at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs, or you can follow the show's account at how does underscore she do it. And if you are an Instagram user, you can take a screenshot of you listening to this episode. If you post it in your stories, I will post it in mine. And thank you in advance. And now let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week, today, October 3rd, if you are listening to this episode on October 3rd, I recommend that you register for the masterclass that I'm hosting tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern Time called How to Leave Your Good Job for a Fulfilling Career. If you go to bit.ly slash class, and that's TIFF with two Fs, you can register. If you go to the link to the show notes for this week's episode, or if you just scroll down in the description, you will be able to click the link to register. It's happening today, October 3rd at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and we are going to talk about practical things you can do to identify your transferable skills build your confidence for the career that you are looking for, and how to improve right where you are. So when I say leave your good job, not necessarily talking about quitting your job tomorrow, although that may be in your path, but what can you do right now to improve what you are working on and where you are working? So register at bit.ly slash class, and that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. I have been having a really, really good week. Yesterday, I attended the Pennsylvania Conference for Women. It is an annual conference that draws near or over 10,000 women from all over the country, all over the state of Pennsylvania, and has some very, very great breakout sessions. There are book signing sessions, breakouts, keynotes, all of the things. And yesterday, I had the pleasure of seeing Minda on a panel, Minda Hartz, who just recently released her book, The Memo. If you haven't gotten your copy yet, please do yourself a favor and do so. She was phenomenal. I got to see some other women who I'd never met before, who I'd never seen speak before. And I got to see big sister Ava DuVernay on stage. She was one of the keynote fireside chat speakers, and she is just phenomenal. She is just so gracious, so real, and just so awesome. But one of the things that I had been thinking about before I went to the conference yesterday and actually had some devotion time with it and 
walked away from the conference thinking I just wanted to share a few words on it was this idea of being humble and what particularly being humble at work can do or not do for your career. And I think as people who believe in Christ, humility has a different meaning than what we have been taught through the church. So there's the colloquial definition of being humble, right? When someone is being humble, it's like, oh, they're being so gracious. They're being modest. But I feel like growing up in the church, humility, and particularly for women, takes on a tone of disappearing, shrinking, being small, being unseen. And when you're talking about humility in that aspect and thinking about work, one of the reasons some of us struggle with showing up at work as Christians is because of this idea of, oh no, I have to be humble. I can't put myself forward as being confident and qualified for this particular thing in too much of a way that will make me stand out and seem like I'm being arrogant or proud because we're, we're trying to oppose the opposite or the, the, what's often compared to it, pride and being self-aggrandizing. And then when you add being a woman of color, then there's the concern about being loud or being seen as aggressive or overbearing. And for, and for our, you know, our white friends, it's also, they're bossy, they're this. So there are all these different emotional things. If you grew up in a household where you were told to be seen and not heard, you have all of these coming into all these things coming into play about the way you do or do not show up at work. And we often think mistakenly that our work self and our personal self are separate. Because again, that's something that we're taught to do. This is my work self. This is my personal self. We compartmentalize, not realizing that you bring those same belief sets and those same, that same mindset, those same fears, insecurities, or messages into the workplace as well. Don't, and then don't start adding on birth order complications and the way that you respond to authority figure and competition and all kinds of stuff. So it gets really, really deep. I actually heard, I, I ran into um, uh, a mentor and a friend of mine who was uh, a year ahead of me in my graduate program. And she said yesterday, she does work inside of companies and she calls her consulting work. It's like basically doing uh, or her coaching, it's like doing family therapy in the workplace. And I said, yep, that makes perfect sense because we have all of these, because we're whole people who try to pretend that we're not when we come to work and put on this armor that then can end up derailing our career or shrinking it or keeping it at a certain level because of the way that our thoughts and feelings about ourselves outside of work show up at work and we're not aware of it. So anyway, that was a really long tangent. Back to this idea of being humble. So earlier this week, I don't even remember, oh, you know what, what sparked it? I was listening to one of my new favorite podcasts, Church for Entrepreneurs, and the host, his name is Amos Johnson, 
was talking about how humility can impact you when you're a business owner or when you're trying to be a business owner or build your business and how it can cut against you in the way that you promote your skills, your value, your gifts. And immediately I was like, yes, that is true when you're talking about the life of work as well. So I went and looked up humility in scripture. And I'm going to admit, I did not do a significant and in-depth study of this, but I did a quick overview and here is what I gathered. So one of the verses that you may or may not be familiar with, which is fine either way, it's Proverbs 3, 34, and it reads, toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor, right? And so that Again, one of the things that introduces this idea of humility to us and the favor that comes with being humble, right? Good thing, not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. And this is, again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So then if you go to James chapter 4, verse 6, which quotes, actually not directly, but it does reference this, this verse in Proverbs, it reads, and you can hear me turning my pages here. Thank you for bearing with me. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now the footnote here references Proverbs 3.34. That reads differently than what Proverbs 3.34 just read, but I'm going to read it again and I'll read the whole verse. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse seven goes on to say, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And what is what James is referring to here is resisting what the world says we should do and leaning towards how to focus your energy on what God would have you do and the way that you should carry yourself. Now, Go from James 4, 6 to 1 Peter 5 and 6. It reads, and I'll actually start at 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you who are, who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse six goes on to read, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, the context of first Peter is Peter is writing to people who have been exiled for their belief in Christ, and he is giving them insight and advice and hope on how to carry themselves. And so in this particular passage, he's referring to the relationship that the younger folks should have related to the elders, but then also how to create a dependency on God. So I started with that background because there is truth to the value and virtue of being humble, but being humble should not cause you to disappear and not be confident in who you are and in what you have to offer. Because what I then did, because I love reading the definitions and the, the, like the Strong's concordance as to what certain words actually mean in the way that they are used in scripture. When you go to 
Strong's Greek dictionary and look up what humble means, humble reads here, inner lowliness describing the person who depends on the Lord rather than self means being God reliant rather than self reliant, which ironically always exhorts or exalts a person, which is interesting. So I'm going to read that again. Humble means being God reliant rather than self reliant, which ironically always exalts a person in parentheses, brings them true worth. Now, that is very different than self-deprecation. That is very different than hiding. That is very different than not being confident. That is very different than being seen and not heard. Because when we think about the character of Christ, who we are every day supposed to be emulating and working to build our to reflect our lives in a way that is a reflection of him. Christ knew who he was and he told people who he was. He wasn't braggadocious. He wasn't arrogant. But when the time came for him to stand in his purpose, to stand in who sent him, to identify who he belonged to, to demonstrate and to use, his power. He wasn't out here just being like, oh, I can turn water into wine because he was telling them, don't tell nobody who I am, right? He was not trying to be the head in, in the, the life of the party, so to speak. But, and he was not trying to be the loudest person in the room, but make no mistake about it. When he was called upon or someone had a need he unequivocally was able to say, say or do the thing that they needed him to do. How does this apply to you at work? If you believe that playing small means you are being humble, you are misinterpreting, I was about to say interpreting. You are misinterpreting what being humble means. And that, again, I'm not faulting you for that because I, also have been mistaught what being humble means. I am not telling you to walk around bragging about yourself. I am not telling you to walk around being arrogant or gassed. I am telling you to know who you are and what you have to offer and stand confidently in it and show up and add value where you are needed and ask for opportunity to add value where you know you can and be willing to stretch yourself in opportunities and in instances where things might feel a little out of reach for you or they might feel a little uncomfortable, but growth is on the other side of that discomfort. Because if you continue to play small, if you continue to not show up, your opportunities will stay limited. If you continue to play small, if you continue to not understand your value, if you continue to quiet your voice or allow other people to speak over you, or, and, and that, let me just make a caveat here. That is not to say that other people in the work environment don't need to adjust themselves. This is not placing blame on you, but it is giving you an opportunity to do your part 
to help a situation that if left alone will not get better for you, right? Because other people's actions, we can't control them, but we can influence our own behavior. And if you do not start to take steps to build your confidence, to understand your value, to own your worth, to seek out opportunities, then you will continue to stay in a position that you know is no longer for you. You will continue to miss out on opportunities because you've been overlooked, because you haven't positioned yourself strategically in ways that people know what you have to offer or what you're interested in. Doing this at work is not going against what being humble means in scripture because what we have to do to be humble according to scripture is we have to humble ourselves. This is 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So it is making yourself reliant on God such that you know he has the power and control in ways that you never can or never will. But that doesn't mean you are not valuable. Because he tell, it tells us that he gives grace to the humble. So he values your humility and reliance on him in all contexts, right? So, and that at the same time, and this is like, this can be a much, much longer conversation. I promise I was going to keep this short. But when you are talking about being reliant on God, in a way that casts your anxieties on him, now you are less worried about things that you can't control and have the room to focus on what you can, to show up in ways that you can control, to own the value that you bring to the room, to be confident in who you are and what you have to offer. I am so passionate about this because what I, I just had a very powerful strategy session with a client this past weekend. and. As we, I, the tone of our conversation within the first 40 minutes of it and the tone of our conversation by the end of it was so, it was like night and day because in that time frame, what we spent time doing was helping her examine what is already true about her, true about her experience, true about her expertise, true about who God has designed her to be and the opportunities that have aligned in her life to give her the expertise that she has, and then helping her put language to it, get clear about it such that she can feel confident in who God has made her. Not making her gassed, not giving her false hope, not giving her license to be arrogant and go brag up in, in people's faces about who she is and what she got to offer and blah, 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 blah. Not any of that. But when we think about who, how Jesus would tell the Pharisees who he was, or when he told people, I am the son of man, I am here about my father's business. Do we call Jesus being arrogant in those times? Do we, when he, when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment and he was like, who touched me? We did not say, oh, look at who, who does Jesus think he is asking who touched him? We, he, in that moment, he recognized that he, his, his presence was able to, 
was able to do something for this woman and he wanted to look her in her face so he could, you know, tell her daughter, your faith has made you well. But he knew who he was and he was, and he was not arrogant in it, but he was confirmed and confident in who he was and was not doubtful. And again, and he had moments of, of temptation and he had to resist the devil in many instances, but he resisted the devil in, in going to God and submitting to God and bringing his cares to him and being built up in God's word such that he could continue his mission and the work that he came to do here on this earth. You too have the opportunity to cast your cares on God in a way that makes you reliant on him and not on self. Because how often do you, when you are trying to rely on yourself, see the shortcoming in that? How often when you try to control situations that you can't control, do you find yourself frustrated? Do you find yourself not getting the result that you want? Do you find yourself running into and hitting walls? As opposed to when you cast your cares upon God and do what you can. Ask for his guidance in the way that you should govern yourself inside of a situation. But when you let it go and give it to him, you're no longer being the opposite of humble, which means relying on yourself, but you're relying on him and doing your part that he has informed you to fulfill his will and his work. Right? Like, so this is what I'm talking about. I'm not telling you to be gassed again, not telling you to be arrogant, but if you want to see your career move forward, you have to get out of the fake humility and embrace even and understand what true biblical humility is, understanding that and moving forward in a way that allows you to stand in who God has designed you to be because he doesn't want us lacking confidence. Being humble does not mean lacking confidence. And if you are lacking confidence and calling it humility, that's something different. If you are saying that you are just being humble when you are self-deprecating when someone gives you a compliment, if you are qualifying your qualifications and saying, well, I just, no, that's not that really, that's not being humble. That's not being humble. And I encourage you to pay attention as you listen to this episode and you go forward, pay attention to moments when you do that and observe your own body language, observe the tone of your voice, observe how often when someone gives you a compliment, do you just say thank you? As opposed to respond with some sort of, well, or some joke or your, um, that's not really, how often do you just say thank you? And again, I'm not telling you that you need to be comfortable with being boosted up or always being like, or being self aggrandizing or allowing other people to blow hot air into your balloon. It's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about understanding that true humility is about self rely is about, excuse me, not self-reliance. It is about relying on God such that he will exalt you. Why? Because he favors humility. He will exalt you because your worth is in him. You don't have to worry about exalting, exalting yourself if you're being humble because the fruit that you produce will speak for itself. But you have to recognize the difference and challenge 
false humility that shows up in the way that you show up at work. Challenge the way that you don't allow yourself to, to feel confident and happy with the experience that you have. I was about to say proud, but I'm not talking about being, I'm, and I'm careful to use the word proud because proud in scripture implies pride. And I'm not talking about pride in the, in the negative seven deadly sin sense. I'm talking about being firm and being confident and being unequivocally clear about who you are in Christ. Who has he designed you to be? You point me to a place in the Bible where he wants us to be not confident, where he wants us to be run over by people. And I'm not, and meekness is, a, is again, a different characteristic. That does not mean you cannot be clear about you being excellent at the thing that you are excellent at. If you know that you are one of the best to do the thing that you do in your team, in your company, that's, that's it. That's, that is okay to acknowledge that. Again, don't go bragging and throwing in people's face, but stand in it. You know, I'm very good at what I do. Period. It doesn't have to go any further than that. So let me give you some tangibles to take away. Number one, examine and pay attention to the way that you respond in a moment when someone is giving you a compliment, where someone is putting you forward for something, when someone is trying to say something nice about you. Observe your own body language. Observe the thoughts that, that run through your mind. And ask yourself, am I being for real humble, like biblically humble, or am I being fake humble and self-deprecating? Number two, I want you to make a list of 10 things, 10 things that you do well. And do not stop until you get to 10. And they do not have to be things at work, but they can be things related to work. Do not stop until you get to 10. And once you finish that list, I want you to then ask yourself, how can I show up more and do more of these things in my life? or at work? How can I show up more and do these things more at work or in life? And the last thing I want you to do is review the scriptures that I talked about and, and do your own study on it. Because again, I did not do an extensive study on this, but, and I would, I'm going to explore it more, but we talked about Proverbs 3, 34. We talked about James 4, 6, and we talked about 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. And remembering always the context of the conversation that was happening in these moments. Not just isolating these things. But Proverbs 3 is like many, many verses of just gem, like one-liners, hot bars about, about wisdom and advice and how to govern yourself. And James is, is in a different context. First Peter is in a different context. Understand those contexts. So read the verses above and below those. But I want you to think about, and then again, I'm going to remind you of this strong, the strong concordance definition of humility. Inner lowliness describing the person who depends on the Lord rather than self. 
being God-reliant rather than self-reliant, which ironically always exalts a person, in parentheses, brings them true worth, because that is what the verse says in 1 Peter 5 and 6, that when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, at a proper time, he will exalt you. So I'm not talking about, again, you don't have to exalt yourself, because when you're humble, at a proper time, you will be exalted. In, in how, and that can show up in a number of ways. But you cast your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. That is what being humble means. So be humble. Kendrick Lamar said, sit down, be humble. Be humble and be confident in who God, you, God designed you to be. Be humble and be clear about the value that you bring. Be humble and stand confidently in who you are and what you offer. Be humble and be actively always seeking to understand your purpose, your will, and how God has designed you to show up. Be humble and rely and cast your anxieties upon God, not try to keep your hand in the situation. Don't be out here being fake humble anymore. If you are listening to this podcast, that means you have ambitions and a desire to do more either right now or in the future and fake humility will not get you there true humility self-reliant i keep saying self-reliant and that is a reflection of lord knows what but reliance on god rather than self is what humility is rely on god for helping you identify your gifts helping you identify your strengths, helping you navigate situations that you have been racking your brain about before. Rely on God to help position you for opportunities, but also remember in relying on God, there is a role that we get to play as well in partnership with him. Do the work, get still and quiet with yourself and sit down and be real humble. Stand up and throw out fake humility. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of How Did She Do It? If you are interested in following me on social media, I am at Tiff South, Tiff with two Fs. If you have not done so already, please leave a five-star rating and review. And if you are still listening to this episode and you are interested in joining us for the live masterclass that is happening tonight, October 3rd at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, go to bit.ly slash Tiff class to register. You can visit the link in the description or visit the show notes at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com to get the link to register. Until next time, which might be tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. for you, be blessed and be a blessing.